This is the Command Your Brand podcast, where we talk to world changers, visionaries, and founders, people that are doing big things and changing this planet in a positive way. We're learning their stories, techniques, and exactly what you need to know so that you can do things in a big way. The time is now. Get ready to take command of your brand. Everybody, Jeremy here, and our guest today is Eric Rogers. He is the founder of Rogers Fitness Academy, and man, this dude has been there and back, and he's now really helping a lot of people to take control of their fitness, their health, their mindset. Eric, thank you so much for hanging out with me today, man. Thanks for having me, bro. I really appreciate this. It's a great opportunity for me, and I hope I can give value to your audience. Yeah, absolutely. So, so brother, like if people saw you now, like you are the incredible picture of, I don't want to say just health, but like, let's say Spartan health, like you're in really, really good shape, what everybody's kind of striving for. But you know, the years leading up to this were pretty hard for you and it led you to a lot of what you're doing now. So tell us about that, man. Like, you know, how did your struggle lead you to what you're doing today? Yeah. So I struggled my whole life. Like I'll just start there from- sure. I mean, from the time I was two, when I don't remember, but I had cancer. Oh my gosh. Very little to live. And so, I mean, that part of me, I don't remember, but it did instill something in me that I do have a purpose. I'm still here. And so that's been powerful in my life. But, you know, I've had adversity my whole life and I wasn't good at overcoming it for a very long time. And, you know, I got to the point where I was just sick of that. And, I had to make a choice. I had to make a change in my life. And it wasn't really till, you know, I'd lost everything and it wasn't the first time. So, you know, going back, I, you know, always had this intensity inside of me. I always wanted more, right? Mm -hmm. Just this feeling of like, it's not enough. It's not enough. And what that brought me was a lot of doubt because Mm -hmm. I wasn't getting what I felt I deserved. And so, you know, and really I was looking for validation in people and things, and I was just never there. So I always felt rejected Mm. as a child, too intense. I've actually been diagnosed bipolar two later on in my life. And now I kind of know why, but there's always been like a fire inside of me and I show that and it has pushed people away, but because of the way I thought of myself, it amplified that. And so at the age of eight, started getting into drugs at a very young age. And it was at almost eight. Wow. That's very young, man. Yeah. It's like usually you hear about like, you know, 12, 13, like, you know, you kind of start going on the wrong side, but eight's young, man. Yeah. It was honestly accidental in a way because, you know, I had found a pill bottle. I knew that it was bad, but I tried it. And from that moment on, I just, I started to feel more accepted and loved. It calmed me down. And from that moment on, I decided like, this is what I have to do. Like, this makes me feel better. It helps me to love myself. And then it got worse and worse. And so it's something I hit for most of my life. Even my parents don't know a whole lot. Well, they do now. But as I grew up and got older, the drug addiction, it caused more adversity in my life. As you can imagine, more trauma, more darkness. And 
I eventually just, I really got in my own way and started to become very violent, angry, causing a lot of trouble in my life. It was pretty controlled up until high school. High school was like fighting constantly, getting suspended, getting expelled, getting kicked out of my parents' house at 17 for like cocaine and obviously my past. And then that was like the journey from then on. I was on my own. I lived in my car, homeless, completely homeless. And the first night that I was out on the streets, I was introduced to something very powerful and something that made me finally feel like back to that day that I was eight, like felt good. I felt good about myself. And that was crystal methamphetamines. Again, it was accidental. I thought I was doing something else. But from that moment on, I had created an extreme addiction. And not only that, I started selling it to very notorious gangs and supplying it and hanging around with extremely evil and bad people. Wow. Um, which again, brought me more trauma and more pain. And what I realized is that this whole time I was just running away from facing myself and accepting myself because truthfully i already had this fire in me of wanting more i could have become that without all this but i was seeking instant gratification and you know became an addict of that so what made huh. you like kick that that man because like you know to talk to you now like you're doing some incredible things you're in incredible shape you're helping a lot of people but I guess, what was that turnaround for you? Because this, you know, sounds like, you know, a path that really doesn't go well. <laughs> yeah. And, I guess that's kind of putting it lightly, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it usually ends up in like, you know, a prison sentence or something like that. And, you know, luckily you are not there, you're here and you're contributing to the world. So I guess, you know, what turned that around for you? Okay. So this, I eventually got caught. I did go to jail. I got caught with a lot of drugs. And I, at that moment in my life, I was having signs of schizophrenia and drug-induced psychosis. Like I was that guy on the side of the road talking to myself, yelling at cars. Like I was that guy. And when I went to jail, I was isolated. I was detoxing. And it was honestly the first time in my life since eight years old that I was sober. And it taught me something. It was kind of forced on you. Like you didn't really have a choice. Like this is how it's going. Exactly. That's wow. kind of how life is. Life kind of either forces you into so much pain, you have no choice to change or you force it upon yourself and hopefully you see the sign. So I was put in that position. I got sober in jail. I wasn't in there too long, but enough to get sober and, and reflect and think about my life. And then when I got out, I got through court and trials and I ended up moving up to Truckee, California with- That's up by Tahoe, isn't it? Yeah, Lake Tahoe and beautiful area. It was summer, luckily. And I was living not in my car, but like under a tarp by a creek, just oh total isolation because I realized like, hey, I got to get out of here. I got to change my environment. I didn't have anybody. My family didn't support me anymore, which I'm happy for. Nobody enabled me. Nobody. I was solo, you know, and so I did that. I isolated myself more. I got like completely clean and I started to pick up a lot of daily habits that helped me reflection meditation, visualization, exercise. The diet wasn't that good because I was, I had like chili and, you know, there's much I could buy. And then I eventually got a job, got back into society and I met my wife Wow! and she actually met me when I was homeless and we fell in love and we created this life together. 
Now I was clean, but I wasn't fully there yet. I was still dabbling, still falling off, not in the harder stuff, but pretty hard. And then eventually got into alcohol. So the cycle repeated itself multiple times. Drug, you know, what I already told you, alcohol, Adderall, uh, ecstasy, like I've done it all. And each time led me to a rock bottom. And the last time was after my son was born. He's four, my beautiful son. And my wife, she got sober because she got pregnant and she started to go on a different path. And I was still stuck here. So that's interesting because it's kind of like, you know, paths diverging, right? Like, it's kind of like, can I take the path you're going on or, you know, like, because at that point in time, it can kind of make you, I think, question your relationship too, right? Like, if I can't, you know, figure out how to join you on that path, you know, you may leave me behind in some ways. Yeah. And I've always had abandonment issues. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I almost created the situation through, like, my subconscious, like, my parents kind of, they didn't leave me, but I, I left them, but right. I always blamed it on them. All my friends, I was too intense, all this stuff. And it just pushed me deeper into using, but I got to a point where, you know, my wife was sick of it, you know, and she packed her stuff and she left. So we were in Nevada at the moment and she picked up my son and she left and she moved in, in California. And at that moment I had everything. I had a job. I had a place to live but now my family was left they were gone and, and i just the most important thing honestly like all those other things don't really matter if you don't have that exactly and then there was just you know i pushed myself further and further into the bottle until i was drinking about about a handle a night and then one night i decided to it's kind of hard to talk about put my pistol in my mouth and i was done my gosh there's no going back for me. Like I was in so much guilt and shame because I was finally like realizing that it was my fault, that all of this was my fault. And I was, I could no longer hide. I could no longer run from my pain. It was forced on me. Like I have hit rock bottom and I could either end it or I can get out of this hole. And like, as I was sitting there sobbing and screaming and crying, and I realized that I had not told a single person what I'm about to do. Like something clicked and it was this energy this power this second chance telling me eric no you got more there's more for you and i just made this promise like i'm gonna spend a year i'm gonna do everything i can to get out of this hole and if it doesn't work i'll end my life that was like my promise to myself and then from that moment on i dropped everything all of my vices you know i have fallen since then you know it's part of life you go back a little, but you learn and you come back. Like I've never fallen back into that hole. And I just, I sacrificed all of it. I said, I'm done. I'm done. I took full responsibility for my life and I got clean and sober. I had a community and one day I called my wife and, you know, we were just separate at the moment. And I was just, I was like crying. I was like, this is what I've done. This is who I am now. Like, can we work this out? And she was amazed. And eventually through changing all my daily habits, changing my perspective on pain. And at this point, like I couldn't run from anymore. I had to feel it. The -hmm. vices were gone. There was nothing to numb it. I had to feel it. And what it did is it changed me. And I was able to change into the man I am now, which is the man that I needed at my darkest times. The one that I always needed, the one man that I needed validated from. 
mm-hmm. that I needed support from, that I needed hugs from. I became that man. And it's pushed me into this place where now I can share my story and influence people by showing them with the correct daily habits and the correct perspective on pain and magnifying your weaknesses and turning them into strengths can change you. It doesn't matter how low you are, how deep you are, you have a purpose. And the only way to find that is by digging deep and really mastering yourself and understanding yourself. And in my opinion, through discipline is the most effective way. Well, man, just first of all, thank you for telling me that. You're welcome. Brother. That's an intense story. And I think that the thing that comes to mind for me first is, you know, when you look at like the fitness world, which is where you are now and where you're helping people and how you're helping them change their lives. You know, a lot of people look at like their current situation, whether it's just that, you know, they're really heavy or, you know, they've got some, you know, maybe some of the vices you talked about there, some of these things that are preventing them from being who they can be. Like you must have an incredible ability to empathize with the people you're working with. You get what I'm saying? Because like, you know, like they're dealing with some stuff, but you've dealt with some stuff that's about tougher than just about anybody you're working with. So it must give you a pretty cool ability to empathize with people. Totally. I'm not like an empath in the way of like spiritually, like some people are. I'm an empath because I've been there. I've been exposed to a lot of pain that other people have. And so I can help. I can understand it and, and give them the correct tools to get through it. You know, in my opinion, like in anyone's situation, whether they feel like they're not moving forward in life or they're not happy in life, like gratitude is number one. It is. Because I mean, at my point, I have lost everything multiple times besides just my breath alone. And so like at this point in my life, if I ever feel like I'm not moving forward or I'm like at a glass ceiling, like I can really go back to that time and be grateful for my breath alone. Waking up is a gift. It's a win. Breathing is a win. And if you can be grateful for just like the basic essentials, necessities of life, like you can do anything. That's definitely something I've learned. Well, I think the viewpoint that we put out, right, it's a lot of what you're going to experience in the world. It's the reason, you know, two people can walk into the same town, right? One guy walks into the town. He's like, you know, everybody in this town sucks. You know, I hate everyone. And you know what? He's going to have that experience. Whereas you have the other person that walks in the town is like, man, I wonder the opportunities I'm going to find in this town. And you know what? They'll find them. A lot of your outlook has so much to do with that. And, you know, and what you were talking about is, you know, a lot of you know, what you've talked about here is controlling the chaos in your life. And when you look at that, like, how does one start to discipline their life to be able to do that? And at the same time, like, you know, I guess, what steps do you put in for yourself to do that? Okay. So discipline is a forced action. That's the truth because you're not always going to feel like doing something. Yeah. You don't wake up and say, Hey, it feels like a disciplined day today. Like it just doesn't work like that. Yeah. You don't like acquire discipline in a way you force it. So Mm -hmm. like it gets easier and you'll want to get up and do things as you see results. But even on some of those days, you'll still have to force yourself to do things you don't want to do. Yeah. And one of the things, the rewards of these daily habits that I have that I put into play every day is like you said, I call it controlled chaos. And what you're doing is you're conditioning yourself to be able to handle more adversity, more pain. And I mean, what's the number one thing that pushes us down when we're trying to get up? It's pain. It's adversity. It's something's always pushing us down. It usually gets us to quit, want to quit. 
it, it really tests our character and our abilities to do anything. And so if we can put intentional suffering and pain into our lives, which is disciplining ourselves, in my opinion, you'll start to be conditioned to it. So your stress management will get better. Your pain management will get better in every situation. You'll start to realize like you're not changing who you are. And that's like, for me, it's called not breaking character. Yeah. Right. And if Mm -hmm. you got big goals in your life and you're planning on getting there, you're going to stumble upon adversity. It's going to come in your life. And if you are weak-minded in the way that you give up or you sit down when something wants you to sit down, then you're never going to make it. You never are. Like that challenge is, it's going to be harder than you think. And in order to do that, like we have to put in the right steps so that we have better stress management. So when it comes, we're, it's just a test. We're good. Like, yeah, I feel this every day. We make life easy. Like that's people's goal. Let's mm-hmm. make life easier, less painful. And the truth is, is that's really what causes most man's problems. Stagnation. Yeah. Well, yeah, because life is never exactly the same, right? Like it's, you're either growing or you're dying. There is right. no middle ground. There is no, you know, back in the day, what they used to call homeostasis, like nothing is ever the same. And right. I guess like looking at that then, Eric, like you were talking about an important part of what you were doing was daily habits. And when you look at anything you're changing in your life, it's not done by these massive leaps every day, right? Right. Believe it or not, I used to be 220 pounds and 8% body fat. I am nowhere near that anymore. I've seen the pictures. <laughs> but I got to benching 455 by four years of linear progression, right? Wow. Yeah. Five pounds, five pounds, five pounds, five pounds. And yeah. once you get to the top of that, you know, you look at it and you're there. So it's about these daily habits, so these daily incremental moves. So for you, how do you define daily habits and for how should someone listening define their daily habits? So your daily habits need to be in line with whatever vision you seek. So what are you, who do you want to be? Who are you trying to become? First of all, set a goal for yourself. Like without setting goals or knowing where you're trying to head, like there's no reason to have daily habits. You know, nothing's going to drive you there. And so know what it is and then really put yourself, visualize yourself in that situation that you want to be in and ask yourself, do you do these things that I do every day? Most of the time, like if you're trying to be a millionaire, watching Netflix is probably not going to be on that list. I've heard that you should probably avoid that if you're trying to make a lot of money. Exactly. So really see what's holding you back. So whatever habits you are repeating now that aren't taking you on that path, then you need to get rid of those. Like number one, get rid of them. Most of the time they are vices and they are keeping you from feeling pain and pain's number one purpose is growth. And that's what we're trying to do here. So get rid of all the vices, all the bad habits that keep you off track. They demotivate you. They discourage you. They put you down, throw them away. It's a full life reconstruction. And then now we got to implement the correct daily habits and we have to be consistent with those and then we'll see the success. So what are those? For me, it is, I got to keep my head right. I got to keep my body right. And really like those two things right there are the foundation of success to anybody. Like if you're not feeling right, feeling good, your performance isn't good. You're not going to make it to a top level. Now, if your plan is to be ordinary, probably not the best podcast to listen to, right? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, and if you're looking to be more like master yourself first. So what steps do we have to, you know, 
obtain self-mastery is body, mind, and spirit, like soul. So, you know, I wake up early every day, same time every day. And then I do the same thing every day. So when you say early, what time are you talking? Because like I look at six o'clock as early. I think some other people define it differently. So for the longest time, actually during the bigger part of my journey, the beginning, it was 2.45 a.m. Woo! Wait, wait, like two hours, man? Like you going to bed at midnight and wake up at 2.45? It depends. Like, you know, whatever. I just had to get everything done, but I yeah. had to wake up at 2.45. I was committed and I did that. The early wake up is really the, the intention behind it is to wake up in a suffering state. Okay. I know this is hard for people to do, but there's a purpose behind it. If you wake up, you hit that snooze button, you're immediately seeking comfort. You will seek comfort for the rest well, of the day. At the same time, you're also starting like your alarm goes off. You hit the snooze button. You're starting day with a loss. Yeah. It's a whole lot easier to keep losing when you start your day with a loss. It is like you almost have no choice at that point. Let's start cutting out things. So yeah, the early wake up, the alarm goes off, feet to the floor, get up and then be grateful, man. Like you just woke up, you're breathing. Look at your beautiful wife. Look at your house. Like you got no problems. You got nothing to complain about. Now let's move through our day. And the next thing I would do is go into a quiet space and reflect, reflect on what you have done, what you did yesterday, what you can fix today. So we're becoming better every day. And a journal kept is probably the best way to do this. Look at your past and where you came from. (laughs) You know, that's one thing that I do. So I can first empathize with my clients and understand their pain. I go back to that place and it helps me to be grateful for where I've come. So keeps me in a grateful state and then visualizing like what's next. What are we doing? What path are we on? And then making sure that any steps after this are going to align with that. So really waking up, we wake up negative most of the time, check yourself, get into a grateful and positive state and incorporate some mindset, you know, routine, read a book, educate yourself, learn something, and then get into the gym. So the gym is an extremely important part of this. In my opinion, it's usually the first thing I do after breakfast. Like for me, I have to eat first because I know some people are like, oh, you got to, you know, you burn more body fat if you do an empty stomach, dude. Like if I don't eat, like I'm just, first of all, I'm just not a very nice person. Second of all, like (laughs) I get this crazy headache that I get in the morning if I work out before eating and it doesn't go away all day. So like, yes, gym first, but food first before that. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. However you want to do it. But the gym, you know, the intention behind the gym is there's two reasons why one is to push yourself through pain and yeah. put yourself in a chaotic, stressful state, overcome that. And, you know, all the meanwhile, like, look at yourself and believe in yourself, talk good to yourself, because how we speak to ourselves as we develop ourselves is going to be how we present ourselves to the world. Like, there's no way I'd be on this podcast three years ago. I would be like, I suck. There's no way. You know, that's how I spoke to myself. So we're practicing self-talk as we develop ourselves. And then, you know, after the gym, well, obviously throughout the day, we're going to really want to dial in our nutrition. If we can control what we ingest, then we have acquired discipline. Like discipline is controlling, you know, what we ingest, what we put into our bodies. Mm -hmm. It's one of the hardest things to do. Yes. Yeah. If you ever met somebody that's in really good shape, just know like that took a lot of work. It took a lot of work. A lot of years of carrying a cooler around with me. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With the white rice that you like don't always have time to like cook it after it's already been cooked. So it's a little hard. <laughs> oh, dude. Or I would eat like uh, tilapia that I had cooked that morning, but it was like six o'clock at night. So it was like, you know, it's cold, but I, you know, and it's cooked so I can eat it, but it's kind of like doesn't taste right. Sometimes you're trying not to vomit as you're eating it, but you've got to like, cause it's part of the plan, right? Exactly. I just did that right before this call. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, as you diet, say you're trying to lose weight and you diet and you're in a caloric deficient, a couple things going to happen. You're going to see a result and you're going to start to rewire your brain to have hope in yourself because the work you're putting in is creating a result. It's going to change the way you look at yourself. It's going to change the way you believe in yourself. There's a lot of us, I mean, I'm speaking from me. Mm -hmm. A lot of us don't believe in ourselves. You know, there's this doubt. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I don't know what causes it, like whether it's the way we were raised or society itself. But one way to get through that and stop doubting yourself is by challenging yourself to some type of transformation. And a physical one's probably the best route because you see results quickly. You can gain yeah. confidence through it. But also as you're dieting in this deficient, there's going to be a whole lot of things coming up. You're going to be hungry all the time. You're going to be uh, having cravings. And your demons are going to come out, the ones that are hiding deep down inside, because you're no longer comforting yourself with bad food. You have no way to get through this pain anymore. So you have to feel it. And I love this part of my program because clients come to me and are like, dude, I'm really angry lately. It's like, oh, you always have been, bro. Like, <laughs> you always <laughs> have been. What's <laughs> now you're just experiencing it. <laughs> exactly. What's happening is it's being shown to you. And this is great. Like I tell people to magnify their weaknesses because we already have strengths. Like you're already good at those. Okay. You want to become better. Let's work on the weaknesses. Let's lay those out on the table and let's start to turn those into strengths by facing them and feeling them and letting it change us. And so these weaknesses and struggles and adversities will come through. It's like almost like facing trauma. It's weird. And it just really helps you understand yourself if you can be observant enough of where it's coming from and then start to, because now you have discipline, you've been dieting, now you have control over yourself. So now you could see these emotions come and not let them affect you. Like mm -hmm. this is called not breaking character. And it's extremely important, I think in any success or any endeavor in life, because no matter what the situation is, the stress in our lives, like if we can stand strong to our values, our character and our conduct, like you are one hell of a person, in my opinion. And so we're really gaining full control of everything we can control, everything through this routine. Getting adequate sleep as well is important. And then making sure you are spending time with your family and you know doing things for other people as well. Community is huge. Absolutely. Well, Eric, I've really enjoyed this conversation, my friend. I mean, I just really appreciate everything you've shared today. It's you know, I know you're helping a lot of people with their own transformation. So for our people listening, you know, if they are really vibing with you and they really want to connect with you and they're interested in transforming themselves, like how is it going to be the best way for them to connect with you? So if you go to www.rogersfitnessacademy.com forward slash guide, you can get a free guide to discipline and self-mastery. And this is really going to teach you a process that you can put into your life today, step-by-step. Step. It teaches you and guides you how to master yourself and actually goes through all these steps, these daily habits that 
I put into place every single day. It's got a journal in there. It's really going to help you out. And then you'll see on there other ways to connect with me, but I'm also on Instagram, Rogers Fitness Academy. Very cool. Eric Rogers, thank you so much for hanging out with me today, my friend. Awesome. I appreciate you, bro. Thank you so much. You got it.